This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. I'm sick with this, I'm sick with this. Since you wasn't that bad, last judgment. My own sweet dad didn't teach what I found. I didn't recognize you for this anymore. I don't want to be defeated, I don't want to be defeated, I don't want to be defeated, I don't want to be defeated. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the show. My podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Shane Told. As I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. And we have a great episode today. I speak to Ollie Baxter of Broadside. We're currently on tour. Uh, we got to pile in his van and the, the back the back bench seat of the bus and have a chat about all kinds of things. And it was terrific. And thank you to Ollie for doing this. Definitely this week we have better audio quality as it's done in person. I uh, I figured out what was wrong with last week's with Howard Jones. It's still a great episode. Go back. It just took me a lot of work to fix the audio and make it even listenable. But today we have much more professional sound quality. So I'm proud of this one. I'm proud of this one with my, my very fancy microphones and recorder. Anyways, before we hop into that one, I want to thank you guys so much for being here, for being subscribed, uh, for being a member of the All Access Club. If you are, uh, anything you do to support the show, telling a friend, writing a review on iTunes, all that stuff goes such a long way. I just realized we're going to hit the 120 episode mark pretty soon, which is crazy. Oh my God, it blows my mind and warms my heart at the same time. So thank you for the support. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, very, very easy. You can email me. Lead Singer Syndrome at gmail.com if you have suggestions for the show, for upcoming guests, um, really anything. If you want to tell me I'm doing a great job, uh, if you want to tell me I'm doing a horrible job, well, we have another option for that. It is the hate line. 657-666-HATE, H-A-T-E. You can leave a message for me and you can let me have it uh, really with whatever you want to say. And I do listen to those all, and I do roll out the clips from time to time. So again, the hate line number, 657-666-H-A-T-E. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I've got a Snapchat. We're not on Vero yet. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Vero, Vero. I swear, like, one day, my entire Instagram feed was just this Vero thing. I thought it was called Arrow at first. I thought it was just, like, a cool little V logo. Um, but hey, I'm on there personally. Uh, I have not gotten a lead singer syndrome account, mostly because I can't figure out how. But hey, nonetheless, um, that's a new thing that I just I think it's so funny how everyone's like desperate for something that they'd never heard of like two days before. Uh, it's ridiculous. Speaking of desperate, maybe you're desperate for all new band merchandise. Maybe you need a new hoodie for the spring or a windbreaker or a hockey jersey, or something crazy that you don't even know about, uh, you know where to go get it. Rockabilia.com. They are a sponsor of the show. They are awesome. And and they have over half a million items, all officially licensed from the bands. So the bands are getting paid. You don't have to worry about knockoffs or cheap quality or anything. This is the real deal. Rockabilia.com. We have a new promo code, so listen up if you've heard this, you know, my spiel before. We have a new promo code. It is PC Jabberjaw, which I think you probably can spell. I'll spell it out anyways. 
J-A-B-B-E-R-J-A-W-P-C, Jabberjaw. Put in that promo code, save 15% off your entire order, rockabilia.com, PC, Jabberjaw. Check it out. If you want to help the show, like I always say, check out the All Access Club. We're well over 250 members. It's a great community. We have so much fun. And on this tour, I met with my band Silverstein right now. We're on tour across America. I have met and hung out with so many sinners. It has been incredible. So much fun. Whether it's just saying what's up, having some beers, whatever it is, it's been really, really rad. So shout out to my sinners worldwide. If you want to become one, check out the All Access Club. It is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. You get a bunch of stuff, but for as little as $6 a month, you can really help out the show with bonus episodes, merchandise, and all that other stuff that you can get. So check it out. All right, let's jump in to my conversation in the back of the van with Ollie Baxter of Broadside. I'm here in a van, the broadside van. Welcome. You guys got snacks. I see Twizzlers. Yeah. I see yeah. not one but two packages of Oreos right here. Whatever you want, we can get. We Dude, have broken might, seat belts. If you go on like a long tangent, yeah, and and you you know the listeners hear me like ruffling around with yeah. some snacks. Yep. It's because I'm bored of what you're saying. I'm That's just, okay. That's okay. I just need to get some Oreos. Let me ask you a question though. Me. If you were in the backseat of this van, would you not want to be with snacks? No, well, I mean, anywhere you want to be in life, generally, if there's snacks, it's just better. That's valid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, first question, what are some of your favorite snacks? My favorite snacks, okay, I'm very boring. I like um, crackers. <laughs> crackers? I like, yeah, what, the best combination would be Fig Newtons and ginger ale. I'm very grandpa about it. Fig Newtons and ginger ale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, That's an interesting combination. Yeah. A I lot mean, of... Different sorts of types of sugar, yeah, re things going on. Well, see, like I don't like to be like you know age specific, so you can hang out with grandmas or you can hang out with like <laughs> toddlers with that kind of snack, you know. So That's if you're true. babysitting, either on the spectrum of living or dying, or just being born or about to die, you know, you can feed anyone. So I haven't had a fig Newton in years. What's your favorite kind of snacks? Oh man. I'm the one asking the questions here, dude. All right, I apologize. No, I, I uh, no, he, I don't know. He doesn't I, eat I like people. I like some kind of like, I, I guess I like some things that that are, are a little off, you know, off in left field a little okay. bit. Um, like I really like black licorice. Shut up! No one likes black. Licorice. I really like it. Like genuinely, yes. Not I do. even to be cool. I do know they have wow. these, and I I think you guys have them in America too. But they're kind of like a, it's like a pipe. It look, looks like a pipe, yeah. and it has like little red oh, yeah, things yeah, at yeah, the yeah, end, yeah. so it looks like you're smoking, which which, which probably cool. shouldn't fly. It shouldn't, but you know, some things uh, escape the radar of the world. Remember when they had? And again, we have different. We have a lot of a lot of people don't know this. We have completely different candy bars. We don't even call them candy bars. We call them chocolate bars. C- completely Boring. different ones in Canada than <laughs> than you have. Right. We have completely different ones. But one thing we had when I was a kid, they were like these bubble gum cigarettes. Yeah, you would buy them in a cigarette box, and mm-hmm. then you would blow into it, and actual smoke would like, come out. Like for a powder couple, yeah. would come up. That's terrible. It's really awful. <laughs> it's really like 
look at this. Isn't it cool that my kids can be like I, me? I mean, I know. But you only get a couple of powder puffs, you know? You're after right. that, then you you got to go cold turkey. You, you got to quit. Eat. You got to chew that <laughs> nasty-ass gum afterwards. <laughs> you too. <laughs> so it's like punishment in a way. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, snacks aside, yeah. we're here on tour in uh, Buffalo, New York, Goddamn which right. is like pretty much my second home. Okay. Uh, it's only about... A lot of people don't know this. It's very close to Toronto. It's only about two hours from Toronto and where I grew oh, up wow. maybe an hour and a half away so I used to come to a lot of shows here um, yeah so it's it's a great great city have you uh, had much experience here in Buffalo yes uh, well we've played here about this would be our third time and usually Buffalo doesn't fuck with us because like we're not really aggressive you know and this is like a tough city you know the north well, is cute like, is what we aim tough. for us from here well, That's not a very tough band. Fuck me. I'm going to leave this right now. But yes, there no. are also... You know, I mean, there used of... to be a festival called Tuffalo Fest. Come on now. Yeah. I've literally watched people look at me and be like, I don't want to look at you. I, f- I felt that. They didn't say it, mm-hmm. but I felt it. And that's okay because my whole thing is like, if we can at least make them laugh, like that's kind of our whole thing, you know? It's like, if we can make people laugh, then maybe they'll tell their girlfriends or their daughters or whatever about us, so... Um, but I'm excited to be here. Last time uh, we played at, uh, what's the venue over there? It's closed now. Uh, I have no idea. Well, it was a nice one. Oh, okay. But yeah, here no, we I are. There's a, uh, what's the one? The, the show place? Showcase? How do I not know? A show place theater. That was the one when I was growing up. Okay. And then there was like the Extreme Wheels. The skate park was a place for a we while. We were just being told about that. That sounds awesome. It wasn't, no, it wasn't. It's not, not awesome? No. It was, Even for a skate park? It was bad. It was a bad venue. Like, they had, uh, like, it was this huge area, so it sounded terrible. Okay. They had, like, really, really bad PA, <laughs> and it was kind of stood in a weird, sort of, like, on the top of a skate ramp, but not really. Uh, it, was, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. But I love Buffalo. I love being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the tour been for you so far? Um, it's Coming been, to the end here. It's been pretty incredible. Uh, not to suck your dick or anything, but we're giant Silverstein fans, so even if... The whole tour sucked, and we were just trash and didn't make any money. It would be one of those things where you're like, "Hey, the rest of the world in the industry, we've toured with Silverstein." So, like for us, okay, you know that's pretty fucking amazing to us. But you guys are awesome tonight live. Uh, Jenna has such an amazing energy and mm-hmm. just like dope style and just everything about her. the The whole uh, the crew and everybody's been super dope. But for us, it's been really nice because our demographic has been. Um, up to this point, um, like younger, like yeah. you know, teenage girls, and that's because of we've been blessed with playing like Warp Tour and stuff like that. So it's really nice to be able to see what we could do outside of our comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's a, a first for us, especially like on a, a level like this, like this tier of tour. So it's been a really nice challenge. And um, I mean, a couple of everybody I think on this tour has gotten sick at some point, but um, this is probably one of my favorite tours I've ever done. And like. The six years that I've actually been—that's amazing. Yeah. Well, dude, we're very happy to have you. Um, I mean, we were a little concerned because I know last year you dropped off right. um, a tour that you were supposed to headline, right? Yeah, which is uh, pretty crazy. And we were like, "Oh shit, is this band going to break up before we can even, of course, bring them out?" So, um, what was that about? If you can, if you don't mind talking yeah, about no, it, I don't I mean, mind it at seems all. like you guys are back and and doing, you know. Rejuvenated, whatever right, it is. Of course. What what happened there? Because a lot of people, your fans were scared they weren't going to do our tour. We you uh, weren't going to do our yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so what happened was we had just done a full US with Real Friends, and that was a couple of months. And I was I just turned 29 years old, and I'm I was going through this crazy wave of like, what the fuck am I doing? Am I 
valuable outside of the internet like we're, we've come up in such a weird way like you know we just put we were putting on our second record um i didn't know we were gonna have the numbers that i felt like we should because of all this dumb shit you see on the internet all this fake success or real success whatever it is it's just constantly right. stimulating you right and um I was getting really paranoid, and we did that tour, and then we did a UK tour with a band called Trash Boat, and um, yeah, who love them, yeah, love those yeah. guys. And uh, so after we did that, you know, like the Trash Boat run for us, as as dope as it was, and as beautiful as the UK was, we didn't do too well because it's just different kind of vibes. But you know, I got home and I just had a full fledged series of panic attacks, and usually I have those, and I can kind of. You know, um, uh, Zen out. I live out in LA, so we do a lot of like meditating on hippie shit. You know, <laughs> okay. like, hippie shit, sipping kombucha through a straw. But you know, I just couldn't pull myself out of it, and I was, I was freaking out. I was taking out on everyone. I was just going through a bunch of family stuff, and and I was like, I got to pull out of this tour because I'm going to be selling a fake fucking image to these people, and it's not how I want this to go down. Okay. And I didn't know if it was me, if it was the band, if it was the genre of music. I feel like I'm losing touch with. Or what it is, but I've since then I've you know done a lot of like self healing and just self reflection and pushing through it. But um, that was the first time ever in my life that I was like I can't fucking I can't do this. And usually I'm pretty prominent with perseverance and pushing through things. But I just I was fucking miserable, like truly miserable. So what happened to to get you pull you out of that? It was just you just needed some time off. Like, yeah, it was I just, just needed a little bit some, burned out. And- yeah, I was super burned out. Like it's it's so fucking dark to like put on I mean as you know like it sucks to just sit back and watch everyone that even your friends and your enemies just succeed and you're just thinking to yourself what the fuck am I not getting here like what's mm-hmm. not going on you know what I'm saying and a couple of things weren't translating in my life and um and I was just I was terrified that I was gonna be fucking just like I put so much time into a craft that Maybe I've just, you know, bullshitted my whole way through. And then, you know, I talked to a couple of my, my idols and, and, and people that, you know, guide me, whether it be spiritually, physically. And they were just like, no one really knows what the fuck they're doing, man. They just they just do it. And yeah. so I just needed to just kind of figure that out for myself, I think. Well, I think that that's so true, man. And, like, there's a common expression that gets thrown around on the show all the time. Yeah. And it's fake it till you make it. I know. Because there is really not any method. I know. You know what I mean? To, to this at all. And it's even though what we do as singers in bands traveling around the country, around the world, yeah. um, it's been done like so many so, times. Yeah. So many people have done it. You'd think there'd be some kind of playbook right, like how on to. what to do, but there isn't. There isn't. There just isn't. And, and yeah, and, and you, can, you can do everything right. I'm using right. the quotation marks of course, of around course, my yeah. head. You can't see me. I'm here though. I'm quoting. I see it. You can do everything right and everything can go wrong. Yeah. And and it, you know, and it doesn't seem to matter how good you are, <laughs> how right. bad you are sometimes. It it just some things can go can go perfectly and something things can go terribly. It's bizarre, you know, and and like you, it's crazy because it's like you you put yourself out there, you you do all the again quotations, right stuff, but then you have to evaluate what you can do, and then I just felt like I there was nothing else I could do, and maybe that's such a fucking dark world. Like and 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 a bit of ego is mixed in that as well. I'm not going to begin to pretend that mm-hmm. I don't think that I deserve more than I have, and I think I, that ego is speaking louder than the rest of it, and I just need to chill the fuck out, right? Real. 
Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's to, for you to be able to realize that and say it. And that's not the bit be, of it now, yeah. And not be embarrassed about it at all. Like, just be like, you know what? Yeah. Because everybody in this world, you're your most important person. Right. Uh, exactly. And you should be. You should be. And that's the thing I had to realize is like, I was like, dude, Ollie, you, you need to understand what you need and you need to have that conversation with whether it be my mother about like the type of relationship we have or... You know, like uh, someone I'm in a relationship with, or even my fucking bandmates. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Totally. Like, you just have to be able to be like, "This sucks," but I really just need to say it. And like, we're the kind of band that'll just joke forever, but inside there's some like deep rooted aggression there. But I think that's just how we are now. Like, as just people, I think that's the way we've evolved to. But it, I really had to sit back and be like, "This," I'm just gonna shoot all my shots and just be like, "This is how I fucking feel." And really cut out all the the dead weight that I possibly can. And a couple of months ago, I mean, I've shifted. Obviously, I'm here. Great. Are there plans to redo that tour? I mean, you must. Yeah, I mean, you know, we absolutely you have to do need headliners, to. Assuming we've this never is done a, a good stepping yeah. stone. Yeah, for, I'd agree. <clears throat> so yeah. that's great. Um, well, it hasn't been totally easy on this tour. I mean, you guys missed some shows. Yeah. With a van breakdown in literally the worst part of the country to have a van breakdown. Right. Are you gonna uh, say it, or are you just gonna say the worst part of the country? No, I don't think it's the worst part of the country, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had fun in Kansas for four days. <laughs> no, we really did. We went to every restaurant. Yep, you're like basically regulars in Lawrence, I Kansas. Fucking, I almost got a job there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. yeah, so we our van broke down. You know, um, I caught like a minor form of strep for two days, but... We're blessed. With, I love your voice cracking. You know, strap. Strap. I just went through puberty. I'm just nervous. <laughs> I'm, I'm next to Lee Shane right now. Um, so, but luckily, you know, Dorian's in our band. He's a phenomenal singer. And um, he was able to just carry my whack-ass weight until I could get that amoxicillin pumping in my no-insurance body. $200 for amoxicillin, by the way, kids. Love your parents. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. That's States. wild, dude, because I don't have... See, there's a lot of misconceptions. We'll go off on a little tangent here about... Okay. about uh, healthcare in Canada. Healthcare in Canada is free. I have a little card in my pocket that says health on it. Okay. And I show it to the doctor and all that is free. I can go to the doctor. It's all free. All that stuff. Right. Uh, whatever I need. If I have to have a major surgery, like I said, I had a you know colonoscopy and an endoscopy I had to have. Um, it was free. All covered completely. But we uh, are not covered with drugs. Okay. So if you don't have like a drug insurance plan, either through like your work or like you could buy one or whatever, right? then you have to pay full price for drugs. So I do. If I get sick and I have to get, uh, yeah, like some, some kind of penicillin, amoxicillin, right. whatever, I have to pay full price for it. However, it is not $200. Right. It's like for epoxicillin, it's like, I don't know. 20 bucks maybe it's crazy man with no insurance for me and then of course like most people in Canada do have insurance I just don't because I don't have like a proper employer right of course not with actual that you know those kind of benefits and I don't really need it because if I were to have something major happen to me I would be covered under the government government insurance right so that's fine um, but that's crazy to me that it's $200 yeah. for and what for like 10 clinic. pills or something yeah they gave me like 15 pills there's amoxicillin and that was it. And they were just like, take this to the fucking Walgreens or whatever, CVS. And I did. And they were like, it's going to be $200. I was like, that's nuts. And the worst part was, is I waited two hours. And then I got in there in like three minutes. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to kick this out of your body with amoxicillin. Just thinking to myself, 
That's fine, but I hope that's oh, the problem. Oh, so it was, it was $200 to see the doctor and get the... No, that was like that was like 75 to see the doctor. Right. And then 200 for the... for Well, with the mixture of that. I think the actual pills themselves were like probably like 40 bucks, but the whole process was like 230 yeah. or $240. You know what else is really weird too is is because I'm in the U.S. so much and well, all over the world. Of course, yeah. So I buy travel medical insurance too. Oh, okay. That covers me when I'm out of Canada. Mm-hmm. It's like eighty five dollars for the year. That's fucking insane. So I so if I got if I could, if today something would happen if I were to stub my toe or whatever, right. I could go to the doctor here using my travel insurance and it would be free as well. Okay. And it's only like eighty five dollars a year for me, I guess, because I'm Canadian because it's like supplemented through. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but yeah. There you go, kids. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So that's. Um, but anyways, you got sick, and you know, you talk about uh, ego. Yeah. You know, I'm Ollie Baxter. I'm the fucking lead singer of this band. Yeah. And you had no problem seemingly say, "Hey, man, I can't sing. Sing, dude, dude, take my role and sing," because that's for a lot of people. I think that that's a weird thing. I'd agree. I mean, a lot of people were like, "Can you do this?" Like, even when I was talking, like I was going to drop out of the thing. They guys were like, "Maybe we can do the tour," and then they were like, "No." Like we're a band, blah blah blah, and um, a lot of people are like, does that hurt your feelings? And I think a couple of months ago it would have, but I think I'm starting to see the big picture. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you have to think at. Um, a lot of people don't think like this. They think it's not that we're not consumers. It's just like we have to think about things a little differently. So I think about giving a show to someone as opposed to attending a show when I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Like after we play, I get to then go to the audience to watch Tonight Alive and Silverstein play. But before that, I have to fucking be paranoid and get ready and make sure that I'm killing it to kill mm-hmm. that 30 minutes, right? So I was thinking about big picture, like, we have to give them a show. Even if it's 80% of a show, like, we can't just be, like, fucking dicks, one to you guys, or... Right. Like, it, 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 you know that it, the show must go on? Yeah. It truly does. Yeah. And I've had to sing through... Like, if, if it was, like, if I opened my mouth and nothing came out. If I, if I had 25% of a voice, I would have just done a really shitty, scratchy version. It's not my brand, and it's not, like, my style of singing, but I would have done it. But with this, it was like, I know they're going to get quality. I love Dorian very much, and I also hate him, but that's what <laughs> brothers do. But, um, you know, like, so I was like, I'd rather, I'd rather put our name out there as opposed to a missed opportunity. Is it hard? Yeah, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to put something out there that I wouldn't stand behind. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. So, um, how, I know it's funny that we met a long time ago. Yeah. Um, you were working for PETA. Yeah, in 2010. 2010 on the Scream It Like You Mean It tour. I'm not <laughs> sure if anyone listened to this attended that tour. It was, what a lineup though. It was, it was, we headlined it and yes. it was Silverstein, Emery, We Came As Romans. Was that I Set My Friends On Fire? I Set My Friends On Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sky Eats Airplane. Yeah. Uh, close to home was the opening. Was the band. opening? Yep. It was supposed to be Sleeping with Sirens. No way. Sleeping with Sirens was supposed to be, uh, yeah, the band, and I remember they got kicked off the, the tour apparently because <laughs> of their management company, like they dropped their management company that was had something to do with the tour or right. whatever. And then, so looking back, we we're like, oh, that would have been cool because they were like, we're just about to of explode. Course. Fuck, that's amazing. Um, and there's yeah, somebody else I'm forgetting, tour. but it was a crazy tour, and that's how we originally met. And right. I had, but I had no idea that you were in Broadside now. Right. I well, back in the day, you know, when I had my um, stretched ears, I was mad at the world. Where, did you have stretched ears? It, yeah, Damn, look, they really recovered well. I can't even tell. That one's the only bad one right here. 
But I went to Brooklyn and there was a scarification guy and he's like four hundred dollars and I'll do it for you. And he killed it. And I was like, Dope. Nice. But when I decided I wanted to look like a young gentleman, I had to get those fixed, you know, when I stopped when I stopped having insurance and I couldn't mosh anymore, that's when I had to get my ears on it. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I, I, we worked that. We talked to kids about animals. Isn't it also crazy to think the state of shows? Like the fact, like PETA wouldn't be working with shows right now. <laughs> Why not? I just don't imagine that people will give a shit. Like, I think the people still kind of do. I, I think mean, they give a shit, but they, like young people now are just so aggressively in tune with everything that they're not really learning much other than they're learning about themselves and not really learning from the world anymore. Have you ever have you caught on to that at all? When like, I, I'm trying to understand what you mean exactly. Like you go up to somebody and you, and you don't really educate them on a topic. They probably already have a formulated opinion on a subject because they're constantly stimulated by things in their everyday life, whether it be the internet or fucking just the way people. You think move. that's different now than it used to be? And that's only in 20, 2010. Yeah, I would say so because huh. people then are like, I'm here. I'm trying to learn some stuff. I'm gonna consume everything I can and. I mean, they probably still so you think look up people to, aren't as open-minded as they used to be? I wouldn't say they are. I think people are open-minded in the sense of we do more crazy shit and we're, we've are we evolved into the idea of, of doing, you know, well, taboo it's crazy. stuff, et cetera. But. It's kind of crazy. I'm not trying to change the subject, but, no, go but for it. you talk about that idea. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's this new app that everyone's, like, signed up for called Vero or whatever. I literally have been seeing yeah, all day. Yeah, I signed up for it. And not really knowing what it was, of just course. being like, I'll just get my username because yeah, yeah. it's if it's a thing, the then curve, like, yeah. and I'm thinking in my head like another fucking thing another I have thing to I gotta check. Have. Yeah. But um, the I guess the idea of this app is that you're not going to be uh, <laughs> confined to the Facebook algorithm or the Instagram right. algorithm, which sometimes is terrible because like. Uh, I saw somebody joking about um, the new app being like, hey, maybe now I won't see a post from a week ago, a week ago. telling me what time the USA-Canada hockey game is right, going to start. Right, 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 right. It's like, you know what I mean? And that happens all the time. I'll go through my feed and I follow the Toronto Maple Leafs and I'll see like, wait, the Leafs played? Oh no, that was five days ago. Right. I don't need to see highlights from a game five days ago that I've already seen. So this app is supposed to not do that. It's supposed to have like be more legitimate and it's not supposed to do the thing that Facebook does where they, you know, just totally throttle everything you put out right, of to course. where like, oh, well, I have like Silverstein. We have a million likes on Facebook. Right. We never get a million reach ever. The most we ever get is like, up, yeah. I don't know, we might get 20,000 if we post right. something about a tour. It's like, oh, great. 20,000 people saw us unless we want to pay. Of course. But even if we want to pay, we don't even get that much. Anyways, so this app's supposed to do that. But, but the point of what I'm saying here is so much of that and, and how it relates back to yeah. kids at shows and line, so much of what they know is what they're allowed to know. What Facebook yeah. and Instagram says, oh, yeah, we're going to give you these things based on other things that you, you already like. In, yeah. So therefore, what happens is everybody gets more and more polarized on their opinions because yeah. they're only ever seeing things that are making their point for them again. Well, if you think about what the fuck these apps are, it's literally a a fucking billboard for look at me. Like it says, put your interests, like post what you like, you choose what you like, you choose Mm -hmm. who you follow, which is dope. Like this isn't me being a fucking grandpa about these things. Like the internet has obviously evolved my band and that's the only reason why we're fucking here. But like you got to think about the fact that it's literally like, look at what I have and look at what I'm doing. 
And yeah. that's going to affect, whether you believe it or not, it's going to affect the way people view other people in the human form. I'm a giant nerd about that. I can dive into it forever. But you have to think about the way people are being stimulated and interacting on a daily basis based off of liking or choosing not to like someone else's common interest. Like you're following them because you gave a shit at one point or have a common yep. interest, but you're choosing whether you want to give it attention or not. But you feel like you have to be looking at it, these little windows of people's lives. Right. And so, I mean, that's definitely cool, I guess, like if they're trying to like, cause you, you know, the internet keeps you in touch with your friends and you know, fucking hockey teams and everything that you want to keep in touch with. And that's the beauty of the internet. But at the same time. It's only a matter of time before giant corporations with these fucking billions of dollars are going to step in and be like, well, we got to start incorporating things we need them to see. Which Oh, that's already happening. You know? I mean, and that's... so I'm sure Vero is not... I mean, I know it's already happened, hence the algorithms, hence right. marketing, yada, yada, yada. But with like Vero and stuff like that, it sucks. It almost sucks because you're like, shit, like, is this going to be another thing? You know? And I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could go I mean, on forever. It, we could talk about it forever. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about... Your upbringing, Richmond, Virginia, yes. that's where you're from, um, but I do understand there was a bit of controversy when you started claiming Los Angeles. Yeah, there was a bit. Uh, what happened with that? So, a little backstory about me, personally. I was born in Huntington Beach, California, um, by my mother and father, obviously, and then my mother, my father separated my mother at a very young age, and my mom and I were homeless in Las Vegas for three or four years, right? Wow. Yeah, we, I didn't know that. She was a kid, so and her parents were a little. Um, do people get this weird on your podcast? Do they talk about their like yeah sad dude. little lives? Okay, absolutely. Um, that's what that's what this is for. Okay, well, so so like you know, she was a kid. She ran away with this hunk in the army who was older than her, and he eventually she tried to fill her void, her empty life with a man who promised a lot of things, and he bounced. And uh, so naturally, and then her parent, my mom's parents were kind of upset with that naturally. So they were very strict. My grandfather is a uh, Vietnam vet and mm -hmm. my grandmother is a nurse. So um, it was just a very, uh, it was a different way of thinking, man. And they were just like, we, we lost touch with her for a while. So my mom and I were in and out of homeless shelters for a while on the West Coast. She met a man um, or her brother had passed away at 18 years old um because he had a heart transplant and the surgery wasn't heart transplant weren't prominent then no you see what i'm saying That's so probably pretty risky it's very risky so she was reading through a newspaper one day we're chilling in a laundromat and there's this man named mike and he um was getting a heart transplant and he and he was had the heart this is an awesome story he had a heart this man put on trial he was he was a murderer organ donor killed him removed his heart put it in my this man Mike's chest so he had the heart of a murderer in his chest which sounds metal as fuck yeah, it does, but that sounds sound pretty very intense. good guy um, so she saw this she wrote him a letter he said she, my mom wrote from like a fucking um, what, what, what do you call it like a laundromat right was like blah 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 we're staying at this shelter only for a little while because we have to move every two weeks because the way shelters work is and the you have to leave during the day you come back at night so we leave I'm like four four years old he writes back and he's like I'm in the hospital, I don't have any money, I live in a hotel, but I want you to move out here, here's like 50 bucks for a bus ticket or some shit, and it was like the 90s, right? Yeah. So, based off of the combination, she had just lost her brother, she only wrote out to this man because he was going through a heart transplant and actually lived through it, he was like, yeah, now I have a brother and sister by him, he passed away in 99, 
That's when we moved to Richmond, Virginia, which is where my mother's family's from. Right. So they finally rekindled their relationship. So after Mike died at 28, which is another thing that fucked me up because I told you to re-back right, I just turned 29. Like, yeah. I'm older than the only man I ever knew as a father. And that's fucking nuts, right? So we're back in Virginia. And so 12 to, I'd say like 24, I was in Richmond, Virginia, you know, growing up skating. Um, getting into bands and stuff like that. And then I wanted to go back to L.A. to chase the dream. But also to just, I feel like I accomplished everything I possibly could in Richmond. And as much as I love that city, I needed to go into a place where nobody gives a shit about you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And L.A. is the perfect place for that. Because <laughs> I want, I was going to, I can go Brooklyn and read books and fucking suck Morrissey's dick every day. Or I could go be in the West Coast and get sunshine. I was like, I'll stick with the sunshine right now. You see what I'm saying? I, get, yes. I don't want to die in L.A. I don't want to die there. It fucking sucks there sometimes, but I want to accomplish some stuff out there. And I'm doing a lot of writing. I have like a solo R&B thing that I got going on out there. And then I'm going to come back to these coasts and I'm going to build an awesome family one day, hopefully. Okay. But yeah, wow. people are like, you know, people are a little closed-minded with that stuff. But I was like, it's not not that serious. It's but you know, well, I, I think I there's just it. a lot of pride, you know, because it's, I definitely Richmond it. is a smaller city. It's like a blue-collar kind of town Yeah. that not, you know, I mean, you look through a magazine and you, you flip through and you see some band. Chances are they're either from New York or L.A. Valid, yeah. You know of, what I mean? Of course, and I definitely um, get that. And that's one of those, again, to re-backtrack, the big picture thing. I was like, yeah, maybe it was stupid to say L.A. on a shirt. Because it was like, I, I got to respect where the fuck we came from. Right. And well, so, that's the thing. People feel yeah. disrespected and, and I, they feel like you don't care about them anymore. Right, and, and at first I didn't get that. And now I'm like, I get it. Especially right. going back then, they still have mad love for us. I was like... I apologize. And you know what's funny about that is I think Rich I think of Richmond, Virginia as actually a really cool like cool. It's, it's like, a dope I think city. it's and I don't just mean like it's cool, like I like it, they have cool breweries or whatever. whatever yeah. But I mean like I think as a reputation, I always thought Richmond, Virginia was cool because some really cool bands come, came from there, like Avail yep. and Strike Anywhere. And Down to Nothing and uh, all these awesome bands. Yeah. yeah. Lamb of God isn't Lamb, Lamb of God? God. Uh Guar. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like so like, you know, a lot of Pretty legendary. I gotta, I gotta bands. ask you this question: Have, Do you know a band called Conditions? Of course, Murphy? yeah, oh yeah, they're from. Of course, if Alex, it wasn't yeah. for Conditions, I fucking wouldn't be in a band at all. They're the greatest band ever. They put us on really hard, and me personally, I was a little fucking angsty teen, just going to those shows, sitting in the back and just watching them perform. Alex, of course, is uh, yeah, was sleeping now, yeah. right? I think he's still doing that, and um. But yeah, man. No, we did some shows with with conditions like right before they broke up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're a terrific band. I didn't know that there's such a big influence on you. Massive influence. I just love uh, Brandon's lyricism and like his melodies were just so like epic, and their music was just so tight, and they were just like pretty. I, I, their whole they had the whole thing, and I was like, fuck, that's so rad. So, okay, so you move. This is you have very very crazy. I know. I dropped upbringing. it on you. Like fast. I have. Well, it's fine. I, I have the most normal ass like upbringing ever. So, like, I'm from the suburbs of Toronto. My parents are still together. That's my mom right. was a stay-at-home mom. My dad had a, you know, a job for DuPont Corporation, like a big corporation. I have one older sister. It's like, it <laughs> doesn't get that's more, cool, you know, like white picket fences, literally. <laughs> you know, so um, uh, for me, I have so many questions, you know, for, yeah. for you, like Shoot, what that man. was like. I mean, just, I mean, three and a half years basically being homeless in somewhere like Las Vegas, like, what was your mom doing? Like, were you just by her side? Were you guys like just sitting on the ground outside? I mean, you dude, know, begging we, for money. Were you yeah. trying, was she trying to work? So whatever job some, she could get. We have some fucking horror stories, and like, 
I've heard most of them, especially now that I'm a man, I can look at her and understand these things. Um, my mom's literally insane. But that being said, she's got every fucking right to be. Um, but a, some stories, for instance, like she would go into Burger King and be like, hey, can I work for a day? And like she would tell me like some stuff I'm just I just will never tell the world because it brings me to tears, and which is OK, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to talk about it. Um, but she would like hide me outside. And they would, like, a couple of the dudes would be, like, shady and, like, try to trade sex for work with her. And, I mean, I mean Vegas is, it's wild, especially in the, like, slummy parts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, well, my sister actually lives in Las Vegas. Yeah? Like, Nevada? Uh, or? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Is there another one? No, 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 I meant, like, in the city, like, is she in the city? She lives, well, she or? lives in the, in Summerlin, like, in the Summerlin. suburbs. Suburbs, okay, but, yeah. Yeah, but, but she's lived there for 12 years. Anyways, but I know Las Vegas very yeah, well. Yeah, um, so awesome parts, dope parts, affordable rent. You can get a house mm-hmm. out there. True. <laughs> but uh, so she would do that sort of thing. We'd hang out at laundromats during the day because they had cable and, um, you know, like you could wash your clothes or you could just chill in there all day. And Air it was conditioning. Very chill. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we'd like bathe in pools and stuff like that at hotels. A lot more slack in the 90s as opposed to sneaking six dudes in a hotel now is a nightmare. <laughs> um <laughs> So, like, that's the sort of thing she would do, but a big issue with my mother is that she was very trusting. So she would trust all these people that would promise her things. Um, like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, come back to my house and blah, 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 blah. And there was, like, a horror story with, like, my mom was assaulted a bunch, and that's why she was like, I'd rather be homeless sleeping in parks than dealing with these fucking shady people. Right. And she has a baby. So, I mean, you got to look out for your baby and you. And so, like... For instance, I'll share this story with you because we're here and I'm already in my feelings. She told me this one story of like she thought she was going to die one night because it was like um, we were in a very gang affiliated area, obviously. And there was like a lot of graffiti, a lot of like violence going on. But we would sleep at night in the summers. We would sleep in like, um, you know, like at a playground, like the like the crawl through tubes. Yeah, you can like crawl through. We would sleep in those because it's easier to hear sounds because of the plastic vibration. So if there's any sort of thing and there was one night she had to like apparently hold my mouth shut like while like dudes were doing like graffiti oh, on the outside yeah. of the tunnel and yeah. that fucking sounds like that sounds like a lifetime movie it sounds horrible right. but you know that type of stuff is like my mom's badass um but like that's the type of thing you know and so she was desperate so what i don't know if you're religious or if you believe in spirituality at all but like I, i'll not, say this not overly but right okay. that's i'll say this that the universe was like fucking write this random man a letter yeah i mean come on like you know like i'm not um, religious, but I do believe in like just movements of sure people's whole vibe and energy. So the fact that she did that randomly to me is like that's really insane. So you were able to go to Richmond and have some support and some yeah, and then, of you family know, they, because her I family had a was family. family exactly. So that I guess that was a lot of the way where you learned you know values and stuff exactly because I you learned, seem I mean you, you seem like you got pretty. That's head the thing is a lot of people would be like, oh, we expect you to be like. Like, kind of scummy or like white trash like your upbringing but I think growing up because um, after that after we met with Mike you know and he was great for a while I grew up in trailer parks all my best friends were hood rats like we just did wild stuff like ate ramen noodles skateboarded fucking just dope stuff like that and I was just a quiet dude I just I've always been an observer of the world and um, never been a, like really bad dude I've never done like a serious drug or anything like that so mm-hmm. um, I think just coming to VA and having showing having love from like a southern type of vibe really matched with with uh what i was trying to do with my life like i had all that hate inside me but then i met that southern charm and i was like yeah. i should probably do something with this and i 
joined a band pretty young, you know. What was your first band? My first band was a band called Plagues of a Human Race. It was a metalcore band. Nice. And I like to sing What year are we talking here? We're talking 2002. Okay. <laughs> 2002, 2003, and 2004. I remember... Uh, this is a funny story because it relates to you. Um, Aiden mm-hmm. was the first show that I got our breakthrough. We opened for Aiden at the Canal Club upstairs. Cool. And they didn't talk to us at all. But <laughs> I like, but you know what? That's fun. Another it's such funny a rad thing too story. is like we've had a couple local bands on this tour too, <laughs> and I haven't talked to them. I don't I know, know if that means I'm an asshole, no. but like, what? I don't know what to what do. What do you do? <laughs> I see some guy, I like assume he's in the band. Do I walk up to him and be like, thanks for playing? Like, I don't know. Half the time I don't see them. And I wonder if they're, they're just thinking, we opened for Silverstein and they didn't even hang out. They were like, what do they, what do well, they expect? How do you, like, what's your vibe now? Like, like you're a mature dude. Like you, <laughs> you've been killing it for forever. Like do, do people, I mean people, I see people get starstruck over you, but do you walk into those scenarios I always wonder for like someone on your tier like do you walk into circles of people that like you know when somebody wants to talk to you and I see you well, talking to people at the end I mean, of the night I'm still like I'm a bit shy too right. though okay. and I'm sure this happens to you sometimes like I'll see some someone standing outside of a venue right I don't just assume they're there waiting for me. Of course, of course. Like, like especially this tour, that like they might be there waiting for Tonight Live. They have yeah. like Tonight Live has all these super fans and stuff. So I've had a couple times actually recently. I read something on on uh, Facebook. Somebody showed me. They were like, "Oh, the singer for Silverstein, such a such a dick." <laughs> I'm like, "What did I do? Yeah, right. What, like, what could I have possibly done?" And apparently, I walked past him and he wanted to uh, get a picture or an autograph, and I just didn't say anything to him. It's like, well, I don't know. You're standing there. I don't yeah. necessarily know that you want. Like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, do you want a photograph of me? <laughs> Can you imagine if I said that? Is that what I'm yeah, supposed to do? Yeah, that would be dick move. Uh, right. So, so you know, yeah. I guess, I guess some people they 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 think it's obvious. Like, well, I'm obviously I'm standing here waiting, but I don't know. Some people just stand there waiting and they That's don't. True. You know, maybe they're here for fucking picturesque. So I you're don't still know. just a normal, just a normal cat. I think so. I don't yeah. think, you know... I mean, I would say that. We're sitting in a van right now doing this podcast. Yeah, I don't know. You could have I, been I like, no. I've spoken enough about myself on these these episodes and stuff, and people, regular listeners, probably yeah. have some, you know, interpretation of me and who I am, but I really don't think that music or any level of success, I mean, like, come on, marginal success, like, <laughs> what, what do you, you know, what's success? Yeah, what the fuck is Like, it? Paul McCartney, yeah, he's successful, you know <laughs> what I mean? But, like, there's always a level. Like, everybody wants to be more successful oh, than yeah. they are. Everyone thinks there's another level. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to get to that level? Uh-huh. Then you get to that level, and then that's not enough. And then it's just bigger obstacles. And of course. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm successful. I don't know whatever. But I-, I will say that I think as a person, I don't think I've changed much at all. Okay. Do you that's- think you have? I would say that I've grown in the sense of I can handle situations better. For instance, like, if you would have told me, like, oh, hey when you're 29 years old, you're going to walk in front of 2,000 people and just be like, hey, I hope you like me and I'm going to give you everything I have Mm -hmm. because I was a very, like, reserved kind of kid. You know, like, I've always been the funny guy, but I've never had an audience. You know, I've just been funny. (laughs) So, like, my mom be like, shut up, go to bed, you know, but... um, So, I I would say that these experiences definitely, like, made me um, very giving and receiving. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I love it now as opposed to I fear it. Yeah, so. well, some of that comes from experience, but some of that does come from age, too. Yeah, and that's, and that's one the thing. thing like, a lot yeah. of people, when you're younger, you know, you think, like, you go, oh, my God, like, 30? That's so old. I and know. Now I just turned 37, and I'm like, 
I'm, I'm cooling. not old. Yeah, I'm cooling. Yeah, I'm not old, but, <laughs> but I think old people. Like, but I'm like 40. Fuck, 40s old, 50s old. But you know, when you get to that age, you're going to be like, I don't know, I'm not fine. really. Like I'm here now. Yeah. And it's amazing how life gets better just because you get this different kind of confidence. Yeah. As you get older and you get you're smarter and you can handle yourself better and it it really like life gets better. So, moral story is life gets better. Life gets better. I life mean, it definitely better. does for sure. If you're in tech. You've been there before, feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development, only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. By Raycon.com slash LSS. I got to ask you about the shirts. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, for people that don't know, oh, yeah. and I'll post a picture um, on the Instagram, uh, Lead Singer Syndrome, uh, at Lead Singer Syndrome. But uh, Broadside, <laughs> when we were in our hometown of Toronto, right. Uh, they each wore white T-shirts that had our faces on them. Yeah. Each uh, member of the band, a different, a different member, and you were wearing my face on your shirt. Yep, I had a shame with my with my. With everyone talks blonde. about my blonde streak in yeah. the front from 2005. It's a great problem. Where did that idea come from? All right, we 
we were like, okay, look, here's the thing. We are funny, and we're like, <laughs> we just like to be, try, we try to be funny. Hold on, look at this awesome van driving by. Oh, yeah, it's like oh, an old Volkswagen van. Very cool. Sorry. My grandfather used to have those, actually. He used to, he had like a whole bunch of one as a kid. Are you serious? Yeah, he used to like fix them up or whatever. We always had a bunch of those. You have a great life. I'm not complaining. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know because of my grandfather. Yeah, fixed only VW because van. I don't care about anything else in your life, <laughs> just the vans. No, um, yeah. So we were like, dude, wouldn't it be funny? I was like, like I said, dude, I'm not ashamed. We're fucking, we love Silverstein. So we were like, wouldn't it be awesome to make bootleg merch and then just fucking rock it on stage? Because I was like, who knows, dude? Like we've played camp before, Winnipeg. Eh, they don't really fuck with us. Toronto, they kind of like us depending on who we tour with. And I was like, this could go either way, but I know if we run out there and we have these awesome bootleg silver scene ideas, it was it was Pat's idea. He's, he's oh yeah, it's definitely a Pat idea. And uh, he stayed up all night and he, we got these. We went to like Walmart or Target or whatever. Got the shirts. We got the iron on shit. Oh, that's how you did it. Ironed them on. They look good. Oh, thank like, you, man. They looked really like and then we high res, man. <laughs> and we were like, let's get promos because we were gonna like get like super duper old promos but we were like no let's get everyone in the band now and yeah man so we just wore them out on stage and I was feeling good that night and you did guest vocals during coffee talk because I couldn't I couldn't stop putting <laughs> putting the mic like up to my chest because once I saw one group of people laughing that's all it took for me I was like right oh yeah I'm gonna get this group and that group and that group and then everybody was just trying to take photos with the Dilversteins, the Dilversteins, the Broadsteins, <laughs> but they were like, like they would come. One girl came up to me. I was wearing a hoodie. She's like, "Do you have the shirt on?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Can you take, can you take off the hoodie?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, I'll do that for you." <laughs> so oh, I loved it though. Yeah. It made me. It made I'm glad me... you guys weren't like we don't we don't fucking like you. Okay. <laughs> oh no, we like you. We definitely like you guys. Thanks, man. Uh, we like we like you a lot. Um, another thing we have in common, Silverstein and Broadside, is we both. Uh, well, we used to be on Victory yeah. Records, and you were on Victory Records. Right. And um, Victory Re- Records is a, a label that I've talked about a lot. I've had a lot of Victory bands, uh, ex-Victory bands on the tour. I don't think I've had, uh, on the show, I mean, I don't think I've had any current Victory bands oh, before. Wow. Um, but it's the kind of thing, like, you're a guy, been on tour with, you know, our band, like, right. you know, working for PETA, you've been around... You know that Victory has a bit of a reputation. Naturally, yeah. Um, and a lot of people have, have there's been legal action against them and statements yeah. made about, about some of their business practices. Yet, you guys went and you signed to Victory. How's it been going? And there must have been some sort of fears, I guess, when you started. Yeah, naturally there were some fears, but I made the, we made the decision a long time ago. I was filling in from this band called July from Canada. Their vocalist had just oh, left. Oh, yeah. And they were about to do a Hit the Lights run. They were about to do a Hit the Lights run with them. And their vocals had just left. And I was like, I want to, like, my band had just broken up because our drummer moved to California, ironically enough. And we were like, fuck, he's going to go get married, whatever, we can't be a band. So Broadside took a little split skis after four years. And then um, I went on that tour. It was like a summer run. It was like a month, you know. And I just saw, like, Hit the Lights. I saw the way that they were vibing. And as much as I love July, it wasn't my type of music. So on my way back, we got an email. It was like, hey, we saw Storyteller. I tell this story on stage every night. Not the full story, but like we saw Storyteller on YouTube. Yep. We want to give you guys a, uh, we want, you know, you come out and give you a showcase. Come out to Chicago. So I called each one of these guys individually. Dorian was in a different band on tour. And I was like, your band sucks. Like, join man, join mine. Please come <laughs> do this thing. And I called, and I had a 16-hour drive back. Um, and I called each one of them. I was like, I want to do this. Do you guys want to do the showcase just to see what's up? And then some of them are like, dude, but the this and the that and I'm like 
this is a weird experience. Let's go experience it. So we did the showcase. Right. And then the next day, Tony was like, yeah, um, I'm interested in sign you guys get a lawyer. And we are like, cool. Get a lawyer. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's figure it out. Well, it was probably more like elegant than that. But, you know. Get a lawyer. He was like, I'm interested. You know, we'll send the contract over to the lawyer. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I've um, heard that those Victory Records showcases that they do, we didn't do one. You didn't? No, Tony came to Toronto and saw us play like a real show. That's awesome. But I've heard that the the ones that they like rent out a weird It was a warehouse thing and, and like the whole staff comes and they nobody in. no one talks to And us, nobody really, talks yeah. and like they play like That's a common thing? I've heard this before. I thought they were just like trying to fuck with our heads. I think we they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did it, man, and we did. They were like, we rolled. We had this whole plan. I even had this like the fucking sh- the banter already, and they were like, "All right, three songs, go." And I was like, "No!" So I turned. I was like, <laughs> "And um, three songs, yeah." And Coffee Talk was one of them before it was called Coffee Talk. And oh it yeah, was funny because like we played that. Uh, I saw Tony walking around listening to the PA's, and he was like, he came up, he was like, "All right, we'll be in touch." And it was that was literally it. We were like. Dude, we're poor. We just spent our last like a hundred dollars on gas from Richmond, Virginia to Chicago, and then we got that. And not naturally, we were a little afraid. And my thought process is like, you know, I thought about it, I meditated on it, I really fucking put it together. I was like, do we want to do this? This is our opportunity. No one's biting because we had like potential interest with like a couple other labels before, but things weren't working out because of member changes or whatever. whatever. Right. And I was like, dude, I mean, what do you guys want to do? And, you know, we, we negotiated a few things, and they've been great to us ever since. They let us do what we want to do. They let us write what we want to write. We just give them the records. They're like, cool. I mean, like, we have no complaints, and everyone wants to always talk about that. But it's like, I understand the scenario. I understand the situation I'm in. But at the same time, I am playing the game, and I'm also doing my part, you know? Like, totally. That's, that's what else can you do? I want this. I want it so fucking bad, and nobody can tell me that there aren't certain things that you need to do to get there. It's not, you know, as clear. And if it was up to me, I'd fucking go to Sony Records right now. I want a one record deal and I want a million dollars. But <laughs> it's not that fucking easy. You're screaming to a room of people that no one's listening. You know, you got to get right. up there. I right. need PR. We need PR in right. this fucking crazy world. No, abs- absolutely. Victory's PR kills it. They they do. They know how to sell records. They always have. Right. I mean, there's, no, there's no question. Um, and you, what, well, what's going on next for, for Broadside? You guys have so we, coming up. We just announced Slam Dunk. Yep. Um, when is this going to air? Right today. Oh, today? Okay. Well, there's some other stuff going to happen. There's some other stuff <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> but we no, I don't like to, I don't like to sit on these yeah, podcasts. Yeah. We, so I pretty okay. much, I'm pretty, pretty just going to put it up. T- well, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow. Okay, cool. Um, so we just announced Slam Dunk. We just announced our first ever actual headliners three days in the UK. And London's almost sold out, which is pretty dope. Right, I saw that. You're, yeah. doing, you're doing, well, plug it. London, Glasgow, Manchester. Manchester. And Glasgow. Yeah, in Glasgow. Cool. London. Great. So, um, and those tickets are on sale now. We're, doing, we're touring with uh, Homebound from the UK and Milestones, who just put out a new record. And we have a couple of European shows that are being worked out with a certain band that someone in your band might manage or does manage definitely um so and then let's see fuck I'm so stupid um what else have we announced? oh we just announced have Galaxy you been to, Fest have you been to mainland Europe no before? no we're just in the UK oh you're gonna love it we just did Galaxy Camp or Galaxy Camp Fest I've heard about this yeah what is this it's in Germany and in Switzerland, yeah, and it's with State Champs and Knuckle Puck and I think Real Friends, maybe, maybe not. But that's what that's where I heard about it. Yes, but like that's super dope for us. We've never been to Germany. We've never been to fucking Switzerland. So like, State Champs is our direct demographic. So like, 
if they like champs, they're definitely going to like us. Right. So I'm stoked because at least, because I've heard Germany, I've always been terrified because they're very blunt and very, like, I don't like this or do like this. And I was talking, well, to, I was talking to Paul about this the other day and he yeah. was saying, well, they don't have anything to base off of, of you. So they're just next time maybe worry about the critique, but now they're just probably going to listen to you. And I was like, that's rad. True. Uh-oh, here it is. No, no, I know. I, I agree with, with kind of everything everyone said. <laughs> See, the thing is, is yes, like they are, they, they are blunt. They'll okay. tell you what they like and don't like. Uh, in, in Germany for sure but they really aren't as like uh, picky about like a sound like, really like they aren't gonna like if you if you aren't gonna give them exactly that that, that sound like that's real hot right now right. or whatever like they're not as into the trends that's dope so you know it's like a lot of places like the UK especially I hate to point it out the UK really likes to follow trends yeah and even the US to a, to an extent and Canada definitely likes that like whatever the hot thing is right now but with Germany it's like like you can label it pop punk you can label it whatever else you want to label it they'll just be like uh, is it loud does it have guitars <laughs> like you know is it, does it rock like yeah. what you know if it, if it if it's good it's good yeah and I, I love that about Germany. They aren't worried about this band can't play with this band because they're not. That's super. They're dope. not. You're not post hardcore. Silverstein's post hardcore, not emo hardcore. Like, right. Like when you get start getting into these ridiculous comparisons, um, that's not going to happen over there, which I love. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I love that too. I'm I'm definitely excited. Uh, again, this is like, it's crazy because like we made the decision. Like again, we canceled the headline and we're here. We're on this tour, and now it's just like these things are unfolding. And it's like again, man, like whatever you believe in, but it's like. It, it feels nice to overcome a mental stigma or a, a, a mental boundary, and then just things just start happening, you know? Right. So no, it's uh, congratulations Thank on you, that, man. both personally and you know professionally with the band. Um, the UK is is really seemingly like the pop punk hotbed right now. Like yeah. everyone's going over there. They You've been so over much, there uh, yeah, before. We've how been many there times? Twice now. Yeah, and they just have such mad love for us, man. Like the first time we played London, like we rolled up and I was like, man, we'll see how this is. And kids are just going absolutely ape shit. And I was like, dope. Cause I've always romanticized London because yeah. you know, I'm a dumb American, but like we get there and it is just as fantastic as I could have imagined. Like in architecture and in just charming accents and just people going ham for you. Like what else could you possibly ask for? Absolutely. Maybe some salt on some food, maybe some pepper or something. Yeah. Maybe a little hot sauce. But other than that, we're good, you know? Yeah, bring your own hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they don't have it. <laughs> they, de- they definitely do not. <laughs> well, dude, uh, anything else to talk? Oh, I want to ask you about this yeah. Baxter project. Oh, cool. That you, I just saw you kind of posted on Instagram yeah. or something. This I, is the R&B thing you're uh, working yeah, on? So what is that? I Primarily, that's my favorite genre of music, R&B and hip-hop. I just love it. I love the energy of it. I love the punk rock of it. Um I'm not trying to be like one of these. See, I love the punk rock of punk rock, but anyway, it's I love on. the punk rock of punk rock, but <laughs> the world—it's the same thing. It's just a different I know what fight. You, mean. you see what I'm saying? I know what you mean. So, but I, again, I'm a big uh, a romantic kind of guy. So, um, I'm influenced by uh, by R&B primarily. So I was like, you know, I waited a long time. I've, I was doing R&B before I joined this band by a sketchy Craigslist guy. I was like, I'm gonna sign you. I'm gonna get you these deals. And right, I, I had a couple covers. I had like. Um, 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 was like a Emerosa cover and shit online and the guy that was in the band he like found me he was like I want you to join my band you have a cool R&B voice Brr, fast forward here we are you know I talked to Victory about it I talked to everyone because I legally have to <laughs> like I have sure. to let everyone know now that I'm an adult in my band hey I really want to do this R&B project um, and it's a perfect window of time because the the merges I mean the, the genres are merging finally like there's you see like so many young dope types of people hanging out at different types of shows so 
I don't know. I I really into like spooky, slow, ambient R and B stuff, but that talk that talks about real shit. So I'm trying to merge the two. And um, I have a bunch of songs now. Um, that and actually right after this tour, I'm going to um, be recording in the studio again and I'm trying to collect a full record of that and then just hopefully put it out through the right element. And the dope thing about that is, being 29 years old, I can talk about my sexuality, my desires in life that don't necessarily translate in a band like Broadside who's kind of fun and quick and you know okay, it could so it's going to be a very sexual no it's not going to be like yo I'm trying to eat chocolate off your toes it's not going to be anything like that but it's going to be like just uh, a different maybe it'll feel sexier maybe it'll be the same thing I won't be like you know you can't mosh to this can't the first stuff. single will be called Chocolate on the Toes. Chocolate on the Toe. Just a big toe. Chocolate on your big toe. Chocolate on your big toe, girl. Big in brackets, yes. <laughs> you heard it here first on Lead Singer Syndrome. No, uh, dude, uh, thank you, man, for, for doing this. Dude, Shane, and, thank uh, you so much, brother. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. this all the stuff you're doing, and I think sky's the limit. So, uh, dude, it's been a great tour. I hope you guys have fun. had fun. Thank you so much. I love Silverstein so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ollie. All the best. Later, brother. So there it is with Ollie... A great conversation and some pretty crazy stuff, man. Like, what a what an upbringing. Uh, could not be more different than my upbringing, but hey, that's that's why we do this show. Talk to people from all different walks of life, and it's really great to see that band taking off, doing so well, um, because they're a band that has great songs. And if, if there's one thing I, that I've talked about on the show before about why I think bands stand the test of time or don't, I think the bands that write great songs are the bands that stick around. Speaking of great songs, I will leave you with a tune. Before I get into that, I want to thank you guys again for being part of this, listening to this. Remember, we've got all sorts of back episodes with other pop punk bands and everything. Go through. I'm sure there's some of your favorites. And of course, whatever you're listening to this on, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you like the show, write a review, preferably five stars, on iTunes. Thanks again for tuning in. Here is Hidden Colors by Broadside on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We will see you next time.